We're so glad that you've tuned into our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. I'm Jacob Thomas, and I'm the student director here at our Rolling Hills Nolensville campus. As we've been in our current series, Refine, we've already hit on three of the seven deadly sins. And in today's message, we're considering the sin of sloth. This sin can oftentimes be one of the most difficult to find and to even credit as sin. But if we aren't careful and aware of the ways that the enemy is working against us, this sin can creep into our hearts and lives. So today, we'll clearly define what this sin may look like in your life and the lives of others. And not only that, but we will discover ways to actively fight this sin in order to become more like Christ each and every day. Now, here's week four of our series. Isn't that the coolest bumper video you've ever seen? I love that thing. Hey, my name is Brandon Billups. I am um, the new college and young adults pastor here at Rolling Hills. I've actually been at Rolling Hills for like the last five and a half years, but I've been doing student ministry. Um, And starting in January, I became the college and young adults pastor, which really what that means is I get to hang out at Nashville a lot more with our college group, which has been awesome. Um, Getting to know all the college kids here on Monday nights at Thrive. And so if you're a college kid and you need to make sure that you are coming on Monday nights, we have so much fun. In fact, tomorrow night, um, uh, this, by the way, this is shameless promotion. Tomorrow night, we're having trivia night for our college kids and the winning prize, the winning group is going to get a limo ride out on the town. And so, yeah, be here for that. But um, enough of the shameless promotion. Um, I want to introduce my family to you. This is um, me and my wife, Bridget, who is amazing wife, mom, photographer, and we're talking about sloth to ambition um, today. She is the most ambitious person um, I've ever met in my life. Um, and like, if you want to feel lazy, live at my house for a little bit, you will start to feel lazy. Like I, I'll come home and I'll be like super proud that I ran an errand and I'll come home and she's like, hey, while you were out, I went ahead and registered the kids for school. Um, I went ahead and made dinner. I went to the DMV. I ran a marathon and I'm like, I got the milk. <laughs> I did it. You know, that's, that's what um, living with my wife is like. She's, she's incredible. Um, those are my two boys, Beckett and Brady. Um, they are both so much fun, six and three. Um, they are wild. They keep us on our toes for sure. Beckett is a self-proclaimed dinosaur expert. Um, and he is here today, so if you have any paleontological questions later on, find him. He will be happy to answer those for you. Um, hey, we are in a series called Refine, and we've been talking through the seven deadly sins. And I'm going to quote your campus pastor here, because I, I love that he keeps saying it, that these are the seven deadly sins, but all sin is deadly. 
right? All sin is deadly. These are called the seven deadly sins um, because these are the root sins that all other sins are coming from. And I love also in this series that we're not just stopping with the sin, right? It's not just, you know, um, lust or gluttony or sloth. It's, hey, what does the other side of it look like? Um, And this is so important, and if you're taking notes today, um, we're starting early in there. You can go ahead and write this one down. To remove a sin from your life, you need to replace it with something better, and that something better is always Jesus, right? That something better is always Jesus, but Jesus is the one that leads us to love, leads us to moderation, leads us to ambition. Today, we're talking about slothfulness. Um, which really isn't a word um, that we generally use anymore. So it's laziness, right? And that's, that's probably the way I'm going to say it the rest of um, today. It's laziness. And I'm going to be honest, this was a difficult message for me to write. And it was difficult for me to write because I didn't come into this message thinking I was lazy. <laughs> and then God started pointing things out to me. As I continued to prepare, he kept going, oh, yeah, what about that? <laughs> And as I've been studying over the last month, I'll be like doing stuff and I'll be like, oh, I'm being lazy right now. Yeah. Yeah, there's a little bit more of this in me than I realize. And today might be difficult for you too because I'll make sure of it. (laughs) I'm not going down alone. I'm not going down alone. We're all in this together. Um, (laughs) Growing up when I was like a high school um, boy, I was like overtly lazy. Like it wasn't even like hiding it or subtle ways of being lazy. It was like overtly lazy, like summers, you know, sleeping until noon every single day, cutting corners on projects, you know, whatever it was. But I hit a new low my senior year. My senior year, I had this class. It was a, a mentor's class. And this class was basically you would, you would leave your high school and go to an elementary school and be a teacher's aide. Um, and so I decided to do this class, and my mom's a kindergarten teacher. So I was like, perfect. I'll go and do the, I'll be in my mom's class. And so I did that, and literally this class, all you had to do was be a teacher's aide um, for the semester, and then at the end of the semester, there was one project. If you did the project, you passed. If you didn't do the project, you failed. You can probably see where this is going. (laughs) Well, here's the deal. I figured out in the middle of the semester, as I was getting ready to graduate, I figured something out. I didn't need this class to graduate. I had enough credits. Like, they they were just making me take it because they won't just let high schoolers go home, which makes sense. So I realized this isn't required. I have enough elective credits. I don't have to do this project. And so I didn't. I didn't do the project and I failed the first and only class I've ever failed in my life. And I failed one class, and it was my mom's class. Um, my mom actually, she hates, she hates that story. She hates that. She's like, Brandon, I would have given you something. Like, I would have handed you a kindergarten project, and you would have passed. I'm like, I'm smarter than that, mom. Sorry. Um, but that was a new low for me um, when, when, uh, <laughs> when I was at my lowest of being lazy. Here's the deal. Today is not about a guilt trip. Um, today is not 
um, meant to make you feel like a bad Christian because that's not possible. We're all righteous through Jesus. In fact, um, it's important to note before we even jump into this that this is not about salvation. This is not about earning God's love. This is not about earning God's favor. Um, This is, hey, now that I am a believer, this is growing in holiness, being sanctified by God, being more like him, and finding um, a way to live our lives in accordance with the purpose that he has given us. So I want to make sure I say that before we jump in, because that's super important. Let me pray for us, and then we are going to jump into our scripture. God, I just pray this morning that you would speak to us, speak to our hearts, speak to our lives. God, help me to get out of the way um, so that you can say to all of us what you want to say, God. If you need to convict us, God, convict us. God, if there's something that you point out to us, God, I pray that we would uh, have the courage to follow after you, to find our purpose um, in life, in this church, for your mission, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to be in Proverbs 24, verses 30 through 34. Here's what it said. I went past the field of a sluggard, past the vineyard of someone who has no sense. Thorns had come up everywhere. The ground was covered with weeds, and the stone wall was in ruins. I applied my heart to what was observed, and I learned a lesson from what I saw. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief, and scarcity like an armed man. Now, this is a really interesting proverb. Right off the bat, you can see the laziness in this person's life, right? This is an overtly lazy person who you can see his field and his vineyard has completely been let go. But here's what's interesting about this. This wasn't this man's intention. Uh, This this man who was lazy didn't go, oh yeah, yeah, I want my vineyard to be in ruins. I want thorns to come up everywhere. I want there to be weeds. I want this wall to break down. No, he neglected his responsibility and these things happened. And what's worse is he justified it with, oh, you know, it's a little sleep, it's a little slumber, a little folding of the hands, no big deal. Oh, the wise man in this proverb learns from this tragedy. And here's the deal. He doesn't have to suffer the same things, and neither do we. What was observed was that the owner of the field, of of the vineyard, loved sleep. He loved rest, and in short, this person loved comfort. This person loved comfort. Here's, here's your next point. Laziness is a neglect of responsibility and a desire for comfort. Laziness is a neglect of responsibility and a desire for comfort. We become lazy when we, val- when we value comfort higher than we should. My guess is most of us don't think we're lazy. Um, kind of like I did come into this message. Uh, most of us don't think we're lazy because we can all point to an area in our life where we're not lazy, right? Like, like maybe if you're just like, hey, I, I get up and go to the gym at 5 a.m. every morning to work out. Rise and grind, baby. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but here's the deal. If, if you do that, but then you come home and you neglect to read your Bible because you want to do something else more comfortable, you just found an area you're lazy in. Here's your next point. You can be ambitious in some areas of your life and lazy in others. Some of us might work really hard at our jobs. 
So much that when we come home, we're lazy with our families. I'll confess there's been, there's been nights, um, and if you're a parent in the room, you'll probably relate. Um, if not, I'll be all alone. But there's been nights I've been going to put my kid to bed, and I've just been exhausted. And so as, instead of reading the Bible, I've said, buddy, let's just go to sleep. Let's just go to sleep. It's, it's lazy parenting. It's lazy parenting. And so here's, here's what I want us to do today. Uh, I want us to evaluate some different areas in our life and go, okay, where am I ambitious? Where am I lazy? So I'm going to go through five things, and this is not an all-encompassing list. Um, This is not going to cover every single part of your life, but it's five big things that might be a part of your life. Number one, occupational laziness. Number one, occupational laziness. Are you lazy at work? And, and maybe you're like, hey, listen, I don't even like my job. Um, I don't like my boss. What we're doing doesn't matter. Listen, that's why they pay you. That's the exchange that you get for not liking what you're doing, right? They pay you for this. And honestly, it doesn't matter. Be awesome at it. Be awesome at it. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. You are where you are for a reason. It is so much bigger than what you're doing. It's the influence on the people you have around you. But if you are the lazy guy at work, you'll never have influence. No one's going to listen to the lazy guy. No one likes that guy at work. Number two, marital laziness. Do you love your spouse well? Um, How much effort do you put in or are you just comfortable. Wives, don't start elbowing your husbands right now. Let the Holy Spirit do his thing. Um, number three, parental laziness. And listen, if, if you're not married and don't have kids, this is relational laziness. This is what all this is. It's, it's fam- your family or relationships. Uh, so number three, parental laziness, pointing your kids towards Jesus, right? This takes intention. This takes work. There's times you come home and I'm like, listen, I can't do hide and seek for the 37th time in a row. You're going to the same exact spot, I can see your feet, right? But, but there has to be some intention in how we raise our kids, teaching them, playing with them, praying with them, eating with them. Number four, physical laziness. Health, uh, working out, going to the doctor, um, eating right, which a lot of us don't do because cooking takes work and it's easier just to go through the drive-through. Are you lazy when it comes to your health? Um, I, love, I love to work out. It's fun. I, I, it's something I value. I haven't been able to do it in a long time. I had surgery on my shoulder six weeks ago, which is, this is just kind of hanging here. That's why. Um, but here's the deal. There's a lot of reasons I love to work out. Um, yes, health is part of that. Part of it is I'm like, man, when my kids are in their 20s, I want to be able to climb mountains with them. Um, when, when, when my kids are teenagers, I want to be able to get on the court and play basketball with them. I also want to be good looking. Is that, is that okay to say? I got, it's not a pastoral answer. Maybe that's me not being maritally lazy. I don't know. I'm going to pray about it. But here's the deal. If, if I am lazy now, I'm not going to be able to climb mountains with my boys when they're in their 20s. Yeah, it's not going to happen if I'm lazy now. I have to have that discipline. I can't neglect my responsibilities and I can't seek comfort. Number five, spiritual laziness. Spiritual lazy, we'll spend a lot of time here today, reading your Bible, prayer, serving in the church, serving the poor, being generous to those around you, whatever these things are, spiritual laziness, and all of these things are tied to one big thing, your purpose. 
your purpose. Like, what is your purpose? What is your purpose inside of, of the greater church? Purpose. Now, I want you to take each of these things. You've got this in your notes. You've got five blanks, and you can fill out. Here's what is most important in my life to least important in my life. So if you're going to take those five things and then put them in order, what order would you put them in as most important? Go ahead, do it in your notes. For me, it would look like this. Spiritual, marriage, parenting, physical, work. But here's the deal. This isn't how most of us operate. This isn't how most of us operate. Most of us would look at our lives, um, you know, and we would go, okay, well, I'm actually working a lot harder at work than I am at home. I'm actually working a lot harder here than I am in my spiritual life. We got to get our priorities in order so that we can be putting our energy towards the right things. And what would it look like if we could work at every, all of these aspects in our life with all of our hearts? Now, here's the deal. If we neglect these things, what's going to happen? Like, if we neglect our marriages, well, thorns are going to come up. Weeds are going to come up. The walls are going to break down. What happens if we neglect parenting? Thorns are going to come up. Weeds are going to come up. Walls are going to break down. What happens if we neglect our spiritual life? Thorns are going to come up. Weeds are going to come up. Walls are going to break down. And none of us have these intentions. None of us want the thorns to come up in our families, in our spiritual lives. It happens when we neglect our responsibilities and we choose comfort. Okay, so here's a question. What, when do I rest? Right, when do I rest? What if I burn out? Here's the great thing. God already thought about this. He gave us the Sabbath. This is why he gave us this day. He literally gave us a day off, not to be lazy, but a day to be with him. And this is so important because this is where rest comes from. Rest does not come from watching TV. It does not come from seeking after comfort. It doesn't come from vacation or sipping a drink on the beach. That's not where it comes from. You know how I know? Anyone ever come back from vacation exhausted? (laughs) Yeah, rest comes from Jesus. That's where we get rest. And this is important to God. Like the Sabbath is literally in the Ten Commandments. He's like, hey, don't murder anyone. Also take a day off. (laughs) It's important to God, and here's why it's important to God. He designed this world. He designed us to work inside of this world, and this is the way he designed it to work best. And I think a lot of us, if we would take the Sabbath more seriously, the rest of the week might look a lot different. It might be easier to not be a lazy parent. It might be easier to not be lazy spiritually if we would take the Sabbath seriously. You know, it's kind of like if, if you were using your iPad and Steve Jobs came up and was like, hey, you're using that wrong. Do it like this. You would listen because he designed the iPad. He knows how it works best. Well, listen, this is the same thing. God looks at us and goes, hey, this is how this world works best. This is how you work best inside of it. I've designed it. And here's why this is important, because doing task does not trump being with God. Doing task does not trump being with God. I'm going to read you a story. It's the story of Mary and Martha, and at first this is going to sound almost um, a lot counterintuitive to, to what we're talking about today, but it's not, and I'll explain why. We're in Luke 10, 38 through 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. 
She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You were worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. Now, our culture today would look at this and be like, man, way to go, Martha, getting stuff done. Mark the, the, the checklist, like, you're crushing it, way to go. And we'd look at Mary and go, come on, Mary, help out. Help out a little bit. Quit being lazy, but Mary wasn't being lazy. She wasn't being lazy. She had her priorities in the right order, and she was leaning in and engaging with her relationship with Jesus. In fact, you might argue that Martha was using busyness as an excuse to be spiritually lazy, and we do this, right? Like, I'm too busy to read my Bible. I'm too busy to serve at church, I'm too busy to fill in the blank with whatever it is in your life. Eugene Peterson said it this way, sloth is most evidenced in busyness, in frantic running around trying to be everything to everyone, and then having no time to listen or pray, no time to become the person who is doing these things. Being busy can be an excuse to be spiritually lazy. Being busy can be an excuse to be spiritually lazy. And that's, that's personally, but it's also with the greater church and our role in this place. Um, here's the deal. This, this church, this place, this is not a place where you show up to get entertained, right? Like, and you can because the music is amazing. Um, they take care of your kids for you. Nick is pretty funny most of the time. <laughs> Every now and then they give you a little snack, a little cracker and some juice, you know, I'd prefer a little bit more, but, you know, it's good. <laughs> you can come here and get entertained, but that's not what the church is for. The church isn't a cruise ship. It's a battleship. A lot of us have this cruise ship mentality of I'm going to come and be entertained. I'm going to come and consume. It's what they're doing for me. But a battleship, everybody's got a role on a battleship. Nobody's sitting down on a battleship. Everyone knows what their role is. They're going after it. They're on the same mission, going the same way, working together. The church is a battleship. Like, this is the church Jesus died for this place, right? Jesus died for this place, and we have a responsibility. We've been called to come here together to push back darkness, to advance the gospel to the end of the earth. That won't happen if we are choosing comfort, It won't, and it takes all of us. It takes every single one of us joining in and saying, okay, I'm in on this mission. Let's go. You know what's interesting about serving, too? You know who gets the most out of it? It's always the person serving. It's always the person giving. It's always the person on mission. This is the way God wired it to be. Here's the deal, we can't afford not to. The cost is too great to be choosing comfort. Here's your next blank. The cost of laziness is that you would trade purpose for comfort. The cost of laziness is that you would trade purpose for comfort. 
You know, a lot of people think that the only reason we have to work is because of the fall of man. It's because sin entered this world, and so now we have to work, but that's not true. God actually, before sin ever entered the world, God put Adam in the garden and said, work it and take care of it. Work was always God's idea. Now, sin made it harder. Um, It made it a little bit more uncomfortable, but that's where growth happens. No one ever grows when they're in a comfortable state. They grow when they are uncomfortable. And here's the deal, reading your Bible can be hard. It's hard to maybe keep that going every single day, to keep that thing consistent. Um, Parenting can be hard, always being intentional, always pointing them towards Jesus. It can be difficult, but we do it because we know how important it is. And I think there's just something to say about, man, I don't feel like reading my Bible, but I'm going to do it anyway. I don't feel like serving today, but I'm going to do it anyway. I don't feel like praying with my kid right now. I'm going to do it anyway. It's obedience. It's a spiritual discipline, and God has a purpose for your life, for this church, and here's the deal. We've been given one life We've been given one life, and God has put us here in this time for a reason, on purpose, for a purpose. We can't punt that for comfort. You know what the real cost of laziness is? It's a wasted life. It's a wasted life. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says this, for we are God's handiwork, Um, another version might say masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has created every single one of us, and he has created good works in this life for us. It's our purpose, our purpose to meet. God prepared those things. We can't trade those in for comfort. That's the risk, right? The comfort is we would get to the end of our lives, and we, and we would have missed it. 2 Timothy 4, 6-7 through says this, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering. And the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I pray that we would all be able to say that at the end of our life. Don't trade purpose for comfort. Okay, so what do we do? I've got got five things. Again, this is not an all-encompassing list, but here's some things we can do. Number one, identify where you are lazy. Identify where you are lazy. Number two, deny comfort that isn't from God, so that we can pursue the things of God. Luke 9, 23, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. There's times where we're going to have to deny ourselves or deny ourselves comfort so that we can follow the purpose that he has for us. Number three, pray, which is the work. Prayer is the work. Oswald Chambers says this, prayer does not fit us for the greater work, Prayer is the greater work. Number four, set up disciplines. Uh, Maybe for you it's setting an alarm. Uh, Maybe it's uh, finding accountability, someone that can ask. Listen, if you're having trouble reading your Bible, Nick will text you at 4 a.m. every morning. Just ask him. He will gladly do that for you. (laughs) Maybe you need to take the Sabbath more seriously and say, okay, I'm I'm doing it. I'm going to start Sabbathing better so the rest of the week I can work from that. Maybe you need to sign up to serve, right? Maybe, maybe you, you, you haven't been serving your purpose in here. Maybe you need to get off the cruise ship and get on the battleship. Uh, in fact, in your worship guide, there is a QR code on the front. 
You can scan that. There's also a link on there. You can go to that. You can sign. It's an interest form for serving. It just says, hey, here's where you might be interested in serving. Maybe it's, it's the start of a conversation of, okay, I got to find my place on the battleship. I, I got to find where I belong, where I'm supposed to be doing my part in this mission. You can do that today. It's a step you can take before this is ever done, before we leave today. You can get off the cruise ship and get on the battleship. Rise and grind. Number five, have grace for yourself. Have grace for yourself like I said, this isn't meant to be a guilt trip. We're all in this together, right? Jesus came not to give us life, but life to the full. And we know that life doesn't mean comfort because none of his disciples had comfort, right? They had trials, they had trouble, they had hardship. They were martyred for their faith. They didn't have comfort, they had purpose. None of us are gonna be perfect at this, except my wife. But we're striving to be more like Jesus, right? The hope is that in a year from now, I am better at this than I am now, right? It's taking a step in the right direction. Look at the trajectory, right? We're all in this together. Have grace for yourself. And listen, maybe today you're here and you're like, I haven't even taken the first step, which is giving your life to Jesus, And for you, you can forget the rest of this sermon and maybe all you need to hear is you don't have to do anything to earn your salvation, right? Like Romans 10, 9 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So if that's where you're at today, then maybe all you need to do is pray and say, God, I want you to be the Lord of my life. For others of us, in this place, maybe you've identified a place where you are lazy, and maybe you've identified, hey, I need to find where my purpose is. That's your challenge today, is that we would figure this out, this purpose in our lives, and we wouldn't trade that purpose, what we have been called to in this life, for comfort. We've been called to a much bigger purpose in life. We've been called to a much bigger purpose. And my prayer for each one of us is that we would get to the end of our lives and God would be saying, well done, good and faithful son. You were poured out like a drink offering. Let's pray. God, thank you that you are such a good, good God, that you love us despite our flaws, despite our weaknesses that you saved us. God, thank you that you allow us to be a part of what you're doing in this life, that you would use a group of broken people to accomplish your mission, your will, your purpose. God, I pray you would put it on everyone's heart today to identify where they are lazy and identify what they have been called to do, God, so that they would be seeking after their purpose first and foremost, and we wouldn't trade that for comfort. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right, amen. Thanks for listening to our Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, subscribe to it or share it with some friends. You can also check out some of our other great podcasts like the Making History Parenting Podcast, Men's Leadership Network, RH Women's As You Go Podcast, and more. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, Download our app, follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. We're thankful for you.